Hey there, my name is Kathy, and welcome to my podcast, That Chronic Thing. I'm here to share my experiences living with chronic illness, including ME-CFS and MS, and offer support and advice for dealing with similar struggles. This show is a resource for anyone looking for support, advice, and a sense of community as they navigate life with chronic illness. I know firsthand how hard it can be to adapt to a new way of life, managing symptoms, finding a new rhythm, and doing this all while you're going to a gazillion doctor's visits. But through my own struggles, I've learned to find joy and laughter along the way, and I really hope you can do the same. So join me and other chronic illness warriors as we tackle the ups and downs of living with chronic illness together. In that intro, you just heard that this podcast is for those with chronic illness. However, I want you to know that everyone is welcome here. I think everyone can learn from this podcast, and I am so happy to have you here. Hello, good morning, good evening, everything in between. This is Kathy coming to you from my laptop on my couch, where I'm recording without a microphone or any sort of podcast setup because I'm chronically ill, and hopefully you will forgive me for any dog tippy-tappies, meows, and shuffling sounds. Today, I'm bringing you the story of my chronic illness. My story begins in 2019. I was working in a corporate environment that I loved, but Unfortunately, my illness came in and stomped all over that. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that, and then I'm going to tell you about going to a bunch of doctors and living in the land of the undiagnosed, as I call it, that land where everything is so difficult because we're trying to find what's going on with us. And then I will end with some gratitude. Embracing gratitude has been a key element of my chronic illness journey. It is something that keeps me going on a daily basis because this chronic illness shit, it's hard. When reflecting on how I got where I am, there are so many moments that come to mind, but there's really one moment that stands out. I call it the Curry Incident. My coworkers and I had a small walk from our building to our cafe. Our company had a cluster of small buildings, which meant at lunchtime, there would be a migration of tech nerds from our buildings to one center building. It was really normal and we did it almost every day. Thursdays was my favorite day at the vegan rotation station, curry day. On the day of the curry incident, I went to the counter got my dish and thought, damn, this is so heavy. I paid, walked out of the building and started back to my building. The dish just felt heavier and heavier. The walk just felt farther and farther, even as I got closer to my building. And then as I got to my building, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to drop it. I started holding it with both hands. What the hell was going on? Luckily, my manager had the first office when we got into the building. 
I went straight into his office and practically dropped the curry on his desk. He was in his office and said, what's going on? I sat down at his chair and I was overcome with emotion. I started to cry. I said, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. My arms aren't working. I think that moment was the moment that I realized I have to go out on leave. There is something significantly wrong. There were a lot of other small moments leading up to that that I had, you know, ignored the problem, acknowledged it, but said, okay, we're going to just pin this for later. My arms had been hurting when I typed. My legs hurt when I walked. My right leg hurt when I drove my car. My arms hurt when I had them on the steering wheel. At home, I was winded when I walked my dog. I had trouble holding up my vacuum, so I'd invested in a robot vacuum as an alternative. The only problem with that is that my dog would go ballistic when I ran it, so it wasn't working out so well. I was showering less often because I was so winded when I was in the shower. I found myself going to my meetings less often and taking them as conference calls from my desk. That cluster of buildings I mentioned, it was normal for us to walk from one building to another, but I would just stay at my desk. On the same note, I would ask a friend to go grab me a latte if they were grabbing one for them because I would just stay at my desk. But that day when I sat down with my boss, all of my secrets just spilled out alongside my tears. And my manager agreed. There wasn't much that we could do immediately for me. It was a medical issue and I needed to take a leave of absence. There was probably some statement like, you'll be back in no time. You'll have this figured out in no time. I did not have it figured out in no time. (laughs) The first day of my leave, I remember opening my laptop and making a spreadsheet that said, stuff wrong with Kathy. It was a matrix and I put columns for all my different areas of medical health, like neurological, gynecological, gastroenterological, and the biggie, other stuff. This column of other stuff, there was just so much that went into it. And then filling in the matrix was a little bit harder than creating it. I went through all my health apps. Um, I went through all my medical uh, information, and then I pulled in the relevant stuff. Sure, I had migraines, but were the facial aches part of the migraines? Up to this point, I was scared to leave out anything. And now with the curry incident putting me on leave, it felt necessary to include everything in my documentation. In the other stuff column, I created a bullet called fatigue and malaise, and I went back and I retyped it in capitals. It was a biggie for me. We'd already ruled out vitamin B12 deficiency. As a vegetarian, that was something that everyone assumed was an issue with me, but I was taking a B12 supplement and I wanted to nip that in the bud and say, listen, I am not vitamin B12 deficient. 
I'm also not protein deficient as I'd been working with a dietitian and I was working really hard to get 60 grams of protein each day. Another bud chopped off, but I was suffering. I had significant decrease in energy. I couldn't hold up my hair dryer. I couldn't drive. My body was so fatigued. I felt like my legs were constantly behind and then catching up with my body. The brain fog was soul crushing. I couldn't do my job. I mean, that was a huge factor in me taking my, my leave. Ultimately, I was deteriorating. I remember looking at that stuff wrong with Kathy and thinking, oh my God, this is so depressing. I created two copies of it and stapled them, put them in a folder and had this vision of myself handing one to the doctor to review and one that I would hold and review. It did not work out that way. Doctors do not want to hold a copy and go through it with you. (laughs) Maybe you've been a little bit luckier than me and had a doctor that's willing to do that with you. Ultimately, they just want to talk to you and they want to keep it pretty brief. They will take a copy, however, and put it in your medical records. Whether they look at it or not, (laughs) I don't know. I went to a lot of doctors. My primary care doctor referred me to a cardiologist, and he was a kind and empathetic man, for which I was grateful. And he did an echocardiogram, and he did like some other tests. I was really hoping there'd be something wrong with me, and you may be able to relate to that. You want to find something wrong with you so that you can fix it. And I remember him saying something so strange to me. He goes, you have an excellent heart. Your mom didn't drink when she was pregnant with you. (laughs) It's like, um, okay, thank you. (laughs) He goes, meaning you, you have no heart issues, or at least from like the construction of your heart. I definitely had some tachycardia, which is like the elevated heart rate, but he said it's a symptom of something else. I said, okay. So then I went on to um, a rheumatologist. This was a really bad experience for me. (laughs) And of all things, I remember the parking lot. I got a spot at the way back of the parking lot. And I was huffing and puffing and sweating when I finally made it into the lobby, took the elevator to like the fourth floor. And then, of course, dismayed to find it was the longest hallway in the world. And I had to walk all the way down to the end of the hallway. I mean, this was way before I had my disabled parking pass. It was before I had any of my mobility aids. And I was a wreck. I should not have been out on my own. But I didn't know that. I didn't know how sick I was. And... The worst part was that the doctor treated me horribly. Uh, He examined me. Well, first, his medical assistant took all this information. And then he came in. And it was as if the medical assistant hadn't uh, relayed that information. I had to say everything again. And he said to me, well, I don't know why you came here. You don't have any condition a rheumatologist would treat. (laughs) I was like, well, my doctor gave me a referral. 
but it was useless. Um, he nearly pushed me out the door. And uh, I cried upon checking out. I cried upon like slowly walking back down that long hallway, going down the elevator and shuffling down that long, long parking lot. And I'm pretty sure I had to sit in my car for a while before I was able to drive home. Ironically, uh, many months later, it was finally a rheumatologist, a second opinion, who said, you have fibromyalgia and you need to see someone for chronic fatigue syndrome. Like it was a rheumatologist who treated me very well and took care of me. I look back at this guy with so much disdain and I don't want to say hatred, but I will say it, hatred. Um, in between my two rheumatologists, I saw many other doctors as well. In order to get to that second rheumatologist, I actually went to an allergist. I was always hoping to find someone who would give me the key. And my friend Ashley had uh, gone to an allergist and just found like the answer to her problems. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to an allergist and I'm going to find the answer to my problems. But um, I went to the allergist and he was like, you don't have any allergies. Like they had tested all this stuff on my back and he was like, you have no reactions. <laughs> and I mean, that's a blessing. Like that's wonderful. He said, but you are obviously really sick and let's figure out what's wrong with you. And it was the most empathetic moment I'd received in all of my doctor's visits. And I started crying. He had an in with a doctor at Stanford who was not taking new patients. And that was the doctor, the rheumatologist I just mentioned. And uh, this allergist changed everything for me. I owe everything to him. If you have not found your allergist, if you have not found your doctor, if you're still living in the land of the undiagnosed, as I call it, I hope you find your allergist soon. You will find your person. You will find your, your pivot point. Leaving the land of the undiagnosed is wonderful. You get treatment, and that can be life-changing. But I've learned that the diagnosis does not change everything. There's still so much that is not within your control. And if you're like me, there's still so much that goes with the chronic illness life that makes things uh, difficult and unpleasant and sometimes miserable. But there are tools that we develop as those with chronic illness that make a difference and that truly help get us through the day. I'm not gonna pretend my medicine isn't life-saving, but learning to express gratitude and focusing on connection have truly made a profound difference in my daily life as well. My therapist once asked me to focus on gratitude as an experiment. Just see how it makes you feel, she said. And let me tell you, I can be a negative, stubborn person, but I always have my animals around me. They're around me right now, for example, and it is impossible not to be thankful for them. So each night when going to sleep, 
I expressed gratitude for them. And when I said that, it felt wrong to leave out my family and my friends. And when expressing that gratitude, I remembered something that happened in my day for which I was grateful. And as you can see, once you express a tiny bit of gratitude, it's easy to express more. There's a tiny snowball effect. So if this is new to you, I invite you to experiment with gratitude. See if you can open your heart a tiny bit as it's something you can control no matter where you are in your chronic illness journey. Thanks so much for joining us today. I would love your questions, comments, fan mail at that chronic thing in Instagram. Check the show notes for all the details. Until next time, take care.